What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 211. On this episode, I'm joined by Koopy, where we talk about TV shows we've been watching. I get excited about the PlayStation 5. We talk about our Halloween evening. And then Koopy talks about all the books she read last month. Uh, Thanks for checking us out. What up? We're joined by Koopy. Hello, everyone. Back again for at least 2020. I know it's a lot on your plate to ask you to do these every month. So it seems like it's a small ask, but then when it comes time, I'm usually very busy. So maybe like every other month next year. We'll see. I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand because I do set personal goals myself. So it, you know, it works out time wise, but. Yeah, I just have to get better at being ready the day of. You're good. You're good. Doing, doing a great job. <laughs> I've, in case you have can't tell, I'm tired because I've been working all morning. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the first thing I do need to go over is our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash podcast with Mo. You can go there and get access to the podcast or early access. And uh, if you give enough money, you get a shout out like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall, the Dharma Initiative, Bear, and Pow Wow, and be co-producer and just feel awesome also we have a merch shop a shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast with mo we sold a beanie this week Woo! winter season is there upon us so i guess i need to start hopping up we got beanies in there i don't think the logo's super big like just the default way you know like if it's me i want a big ass logo oh, or see, no I'm logo small. at all i want no small logo or no, yeah or big logo i don't like this small logo stuff myself like i like the my favorite beanie just has like the little initials of the brand on the tag yeah. tag yeah I, my favorite beanie was and i mentioned it last week's episode with uh my dad friends is uh the infamous second son beanie remember whenever i pre-ordered that game and i got mm-hmm, the red beanie with mm-hmm. it it was so good i don't know what ever happened to it but mm-hmm. that was the coolest pre-order item i've ever received yeah you need a good stretch long stretch beanie yeah but not too much. Not like uh like don't be a menace top era, like where it's like a looks like a Floppy. condom top at the, <laughs> at the top of your head. Um All right, so typically we talk about books, which we will. I never know if we should do those first or save them till the end. What do you what do you think the the listeners prefer? Oh, it's hard to say. I guess if they're really here for me, it's the books, but they're probably not here for me. So <laughs> let's go with your thing. Um, well, all I have when other stuff when you're here is just us talking about TV shows. Yeah. Because that's the other thing we do. We watch quite a bit of TV. I feel like we don't watch as much as we used to. We are more into quality over quantity. These days, yeah. We used to watch a lot of stuff. Yeah, pretty much any comedy that came out on TV. Like we would the next day on Hulu, we would be watching all the new episodes and stuff. Like Goldberg's, we kind of given up on the last year or two because it just the qualities really went down. Same with Bob's Burgers, I feel like. Uh, there's a few shows we still try to catch up on, but every time we do, I'm like, it's just not as good as it used to be. Yeah, we're usually just because we're eating dinner, and so we're kind of multitasking. Yeah, so we're like, well, you got to have something on the TV while we eat. Um, the Big Brother just ended, so I canceled CBS All Access because that's mm. the only reason to have it, in my opinion. It was good to rewatch it. 
it's been a crazy year just overall. Right. So, it was some normalcy. Yeah, we were worried there it might not happen. So it was good to have Big Brother. But the season this year, and I say almost every year, but I have looked back at some cast photos because people are like, in this season, I'm like, oh, that one was pretty good. Uh, I would love to pinpoint exactly. I think it was Paul's first season, but Paul's first season might have had James, the Asian dude from Wichita Falls. Yeah, he was awesome. He was cool. Like his season was probably the last good season because he would like prank people. Like, yeah, he was funny. There was stuff happening besides just like this year. They only showed the game stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah, I get were, that is what it is, but there were no like funny moments, and maybe they were just boring people. But right there, yeah, there was no like bromance moments. Like I remember back to that Cody dude that done the karate chop shit all the time. It was like, oh yeah, and they would just catch like hours of him and fucking other people just being stupid, playing karate. You know, because they were going crazy in the house. That just didn't really happen this year. So it was a a boring season. No one made any real huge moves, but the person who won <laughs> uh, deserved to win. Sorry, I just took a sip of the Mountain Dew and it. It's like choking it's extreme. me. It's it's choking me. <laughs> Don't fuck around, Mountain Dew. Um, so anyway, Big Brother overall, I recommend it. I would say get CBS All Access and go rewatch all the old seasons. They're that good. Um, but this newest season wasn't the best. But they said they're coming back next year. I would be. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with a quick turnaround, another celebrity one. Remember they pulled that off one winter? Yeah, it was all like C-list celebrities, but it was good. It had Ron Artest, and it had uh, Gay Ross. I know that's on his name, but that's what I <laughs> that's what I think of him. He, he's doing Tonight Show, and he's doing all of his other stuff. Ross something. I don't know what his last name is. Um, but anyway, they had a few good people on that. Um, so maybe they could pull that off again. And then we finished Lovecraft Country. Yeah, that was really good and intense. Um, definitely a worthwhile if you have HBO. Right. Check it out. Um, I think there's like eight or it's eight or ten. Ten episodes, hour long, but it's good. It's a historical fiction, fiction, fantasy mix, sci-fi. I mean, it's like a black nerd show. You know, it's set in Jim Crow era uh, South, but the black people have magic. So they kind of have a fighting chance against the powers that be, if you will. I feel like that's part of it. I was talking to Southern Comfort, you know, causing this podcast, and he said he just finished it. And I was like, well, I hope I didn't overhype it too much. He's like, no, y'all hyped it up perfect amount. And I was like, all right, awesome. But I kept telling him, like, I think you would really like this. And then he doesn't like historical shows, but he said he liked this one. So Yeah, it definitely has a modern feel because of the soundtrack. Right. It plays modern music, which at first I hated. By the end, I was indifferent to it. It has some good timing moments. Right. Yeah. Where the songs are great choices for the time of the story. But yeah, it was really good. I'd give it five stars. I, I will say, <clears throat> I didn't think the last episode was that great. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But it seemed like the ninth episode and the eight, like the last like seven, eight, and nine were better than the tenth. If that's, you know, the say we're saying there's 10 of them. Uh, I just remember feeling like, I don't know, this doesn't seem like a big deal. This seems very like we're waiting around a lot. Yeah, there was one episode that was really action-packed, and then the next one was just very slow. Right, so it's the pacing might be a little off, but I do think this is one that, like, if you binge it all together, it'd probably be different. We watched it, you know, one every few days or however we did it. Yeah, we got a late start on it, and so at some point when we were watching it, they were still airing. Yeah, so but... then we had to wait, like, once a week. Um, but it's kind of also, like, Succession, which is an HBO show I love, where it's like, if you just watch the first couple, you're like, okay. 
But like once you really start watching them, you're like, oh, this is really good. You know, yeah, Succession is definitely underrated. Sidetrack on that one. It's really yeah, good. We Great cast. To. That's a recommendation out there. Um, we have I've re, I'm rewatching for I guess probably the third third or fourth time the Hip Hop Evolution show. I've looked up some stuff about it. It started off as a Canadian documentary or a HBO Canada documentary, which is its own channel that I did not know even existed. And uh, after the first season of that, Netflix bought it or they re- reached a deal or some shit where it moved to Netflix. So it's four seasons in. Each season has four episodes and it's just the history of hip hop, basically. Yeah. And then this dude interviews people. The guy that's the host, I guess, is a hip hop artist himself. I've never heard of him. I looked him up and he's semi fan I mean, he has He numbers. did seem very random. Right. But he doesn't he doesn't really have to say much. And maybe that's just with the editing. Maybe he is asking. It's really the way it's all clipped together. It's just artists and producers talking. Right. And the, narr- and the guy who's hosting it is just there to laugh at their stories. But maybe he actually says something. Right. I'm sure he has leading questions and stuff for, <laughs> that they cut out. Um, but it is really good. Like, it kind of just goes over again. Like, the history of hip-hop. Like, he might talk about 2 Live Crew or, you know, there's like a Houston episode. And this time you're watching it more, I think, than the first two times I watched it. Like, you've. Well, I like certain, it just depends on the topic of the episode, but also we've been watching it as we're going to sleep, so I don't have like my phone out. Right. It's true. Um, But then I fall asleep halfway through the episode. So I I will say a problem I have with it, and if people watch Black Mirror or something like that, they'll understand like Netflix for some reason on these type of shows, like it'll show you the more recent season first. It'll be like season four, one, two, three, four, then season three, one, two, three, four, season two, right. one, two, three. There might be a setting where we can change the Right, as opposed order, to but... just like the order they came out. So it it's always confusing. So like, for instance, I started on season one and I got through the four and it was like, you're done again. And I was like, no, I haven't. What? <laughs> like, And then I had to go like manually choose the other. So it's very odd. Um, and then we've restarted Broad City, which is it's one so of our- funny all-time favorites it's probably the one of the most what most quoted shows at our house yeah there definitely are moments but we don't necessarily realize that we're quoting broad city exactly. it's That's just what... stuck in our heads right exactly uh and then we uh just started one episode of south park eh. not sure if we're gonna keep that one going or not it's so many seasons and i know eventually I, I really like them like when butters comes in like in that era i start to really enjoy the south park episodes but that's like a few seasons in, I believe. So I do remember the first episode really well once we started watching it, though. Right. And, and I didn't realize that that was the first episode. It's the alien probe, in case you aren't aware, people. Right. And uh, also made me realize that uh, South Park, The Stick of Truth, which came out, I don't know, five years ago or something. No, probably way up here on PS3. Damn. Came out a long time ago. It was a South Park RPG game. It is basically references just the whole first episode. Like I forgot, I didn't realize how much was like. Oh yeah, they just pulled so much for this game out of the first episode. Like that's really cool. Um, and then you watch some shows. Yeah, I've had some quality TV time because I've been too tired to do anything else, and I got really sucked into my most recent Watley Watch show, which was The Queen's Gambit. Um, really good. I looked up the actors on internet movie database and i cannot remember her name but she is the same woman who plays emma in the remake of the jane austen story emma 
And I've been wanting to watch that as well. So I'm definitely going to check that out soon. But The Queen's Gambit is on Netflix, and it's uh, set in the 60s. And it follows this orphan girl who is really good at chess, and she wants to become a grandmaster and beat the best. But she's also a little bit mad, I would say. Yeah, she's probably like uh, autistic or... She's a savant, a prodigy, they call her. Right, and uh, but somehow along with that comes like she has some sort of substance, a, a, addictive personality at the least. Her mother was also mad, mad and a genius as well. Right. So like she goes balls to the wall. Our dog's growling at something across the street. She's being a good lookout. It's the mail. We are getting some packages delivered and we have porch thieves in our area. So we have to be careful. You can go ahead and get them if you want. Pause. Okay, so the Queen's Gambit. Anyway, we were just talking about it, and it was really good. Yeah, you liked it a lot. <laughs> you binged through it very quickly off of a skinny recommendation. Yeah, and it's just a limited series, so that's all there is. There won't be more. But it was definitely uh, one of my favorite of the year. Hell yeah. And then you watched a creepy show? Oh, Ratchet. It's... The origin story of Nurse Ratchet, who is a main character, well, uh, one of the antagonists, I guess you would say, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, which some of you may know from the movie with, what's his name? Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholas is a golfer then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so... This is like a reimagining of what would her origin story be because she's supposed to be like the angel of death or whatever is the nickname they give her. And Right. Yeah. It didn't seem um, – I mean, I didn't think it seemed too interesting when I caught pieces of it here and there. You're crazy. It was like American Horror Story vibe-ish. Um, There's a lot of talking. I don't know. It is definitely a dialogue-driven show, but there were some horrible graphic scenes. I guess you were just never in the room to, like, guess not. watch people's arms get sawed off and people tortured in um, hot baths and things like that. It's set in an insane asylum or mental institution. I don't know what the term like, is. Like the 30s or something? Um, It's in a very, like, loosey-goosey time frame. I want to say it's in, like, the 50s. I think everything's in the 50s. 40s. I don't know. I can't remember when Cuckoo's Nest is set. I think it's set in like the 60s. So it, it's sometime before that. Right. Um. Well, cool. So you'd recommend that one as well to like American Horror Story fans, I guess? Yeah. It has the main... She's one of the main chicks from Horror Story is the actress in yeah. Ratchet. She was also in that one political show we watched. Oh, uh, Mrs. America on yeah. Hulu. Yes. Um, and then we need, we have a bunch of stuff we probably need to start. I don't know what off the top of my head. Fargo. I, yeah, I really want to start Fargo. Um, I don't know. I just feel like, like I said, we haven't watched as many shows recently as we used to. So I feel like there just has to be a bunch of shows we're not watching. I just don't know what they are. Yeah, I have a couple that I added to my Netflix list, but I don't know when I'll ever get around to watching them. Yeah. But Dracula was one of them. I think it's been out for a while. And The Haunting of Bly Manor is another one I want to see. So if you've watched those, convince me. 
Yeah, a bunch of Halloween ones, it sounds like. I know, I missed the month. I was watching the Queen's Gambit this last week instead. Yeah, it happens. Um, All right, and then I'm going to get a PlayStation 5 soon, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, November 12th. Yeah, big so day. I really to say the 13th because by the time it gets delivered and you get it plugged in, you know, I'm sure that night. But I took the day off work, so um, maybe well, I'll just I hope stay up. Whoever all night. wasn't just delivering our mail is re- isn't responsible for dropping off your box because she didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, I hope I hope not either. Um, but I need to figure out what games I want to buy on the first day. That's something I haven't quite figured out. You know what I want to start with. Uh, one thing that's very cool, it comes with the PlayStation Plus Instant Game Collection. If you have PlayStation Plus, I think it has like 20 PS4 games, which people are like, well, that's PS4 games, not PS5 games. But that makes me excited because I can try a few games that I happen to not buy and skip out on on this last one. You know, that I could be like, well, I could just play those for however long and wait for a sell, you know, something like that. But then again, it's a new system. So it's like, well, let's buy some shit. Well, I feel like you're definitely going to get one game. Well, I already have the NBA 2K game because... The way it, the new one comes out comes right. with it. The way I bought it, um, the little big—it's not called Little Big, big Plan. It's called Sack Boy's Big Adventure, but it looks a lot like um, Mario sixty four in a way, like the three D platformer, and it looks kind of fun. And I don't—I didn't love Little Big Planet back in the day because I didn't really like the two point five D. The way it was like, come closer now, further away. It was like two levels, but you weren't—you were still like side platforming right, yeah and uh this one you're like behind him so it's oh, like you're following him right i'm like ah oh, yes i would way prefer a third person 3d world like this so it looks kind of cool and um uh, assassin's creed valhalla looks cool because it's vikings and i like the last assassin's creed that you bought me so makes me kind of want to try it but anyway it's going to be a big decision come that day of, absolutely of what am i about to purchase well you'll have fun scrolling that's true it's just like Netflix. It's half of it. Half of it. Um, all right. You got anything uh, in your world besides books before we get to books? Not really. We did carve pumpkins yesterday. I think that's like five years in a row now. We haven't dropped the tradition, so that's good for a Halloween memory. Yeah, you I just really enjoy excited. them so much. Yeah, you were really excited to do that. Yeah. Instead of giving me shit about it, you should praise me for still doing it. I would if you didn't be weren't so negative about it when I bring it up. But if you're gonna guilt me every time, I haven't guilted you once. You, you just about? did. No. Yes. That was just me letting you know. If you want this to happen in the future, mm-hmm. let's be more supportive of my creative endeavors. I don't know what I said that wasn't supportive, except that. You, I don't even know, but I was just saying that was fun to carve pumpkins. <laughs> so, yes. and we got trick or treaters. We had three whole trick or treaters in one group. Yes, because I texted Skinny and said, "If your shout kids- out to Skinny Skins," <laughs> I was like, "If your kids are out trick or treating, we have candy." And so they stopped by, and they were the only ones. Oh, I passed out candy all day at work, and I was kind of stingy because I was worried I'd run out, and then I had way too much at the end. Yeah, and then even then, when the kids came, I was like. I can give them a bunch. You're like, and you get one Skittle? No, I said, do you guys want some Skittles? And I gave them each one because we didn't have many of those. Right. And then I said, and here's a bunch of chocolate. Oh, I did hear you say that. And then Emma, which is Skinny's youngest, is super funny. 
And she was like, I like those. <laughs> yeah, she grabbed some Twix or something. But they, and I said, is that enough? And they said, yeah. And then they just ran off. So they weren't greedy about it. They only took a couple pieces. Yeah. If it was me, I would have been like, how many, how many trick-or-treaters think are getting enough, huh? You want to give me some I would have given them a fistful each, but they yeah. didn't seem that interested. All right. So you got a big stack of books. Are did you read just physical books this month, or did you also? I'm used the help of audiobooks, but um, this uh, there are two that I read. One I read solely by myself without the help of audiobooks, and the other one I actually f- tried to follow along with the audiobook, and then a couple of them I just listened to. Oh, cool. I also didn't know about your Kindle. I know if you're giving up on that yet. Oh, I haven't read any on my Kindle this month, but I'm already setting goals for 2021. And one of my goals for next year is to read one Kindle book a month to make my money worthwhile. And they're also Kindle books that I already own so that I won't be buying more. Right. So we'll Well, see how I do next year on the Kindle thing. (laughs) Good luck with the Kindle. I mean, you've used it quite a bit. (laughs) I mean, I read... One book that was the Goldfinch on my Kindle that was super long, and it I read it over a two month period. Right. Um, and then at the very beginning, I think I read two books in one month. But last month and this month, I've kind of taken a break on the Kindle. Right. It happens. Yeah. But anyway, I've also been subscribed to Book of the Month, and I've not been reading my Book of the Month books. So I tried to, that was a goal this month. I read three Book of the Months to try to work on my goals for that. There's a whole bunch of goals within goals within goals that I have, but that's a whole other podcast. And all just for yourself, for no one else, right? Yeah, these are just my personal goal, <laughs> goals. <laughs> I know and hold you accountable to any of these. Or- just me and myself and I, and, and some apps that track me. Right. So, but anyway... So for October 2020, I wanted to read mostly spooky stories. So the first book I read is called Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. And he is a pretty famous author. I have not read any Riley Sager books before. But when this one was announced, everyone went crazy. So I thought, well, I'll try it. It has a cool cover. Um, It looks spooky. And it was okay. If you were to buy this not with Book of the Month, the chandelier would be glow-in-the-dark. But Book of the Month didn't have that feature because they're sold cheaper. Because this is $9.99, whereas a brand-new release would have been $25. So that's one bonus with Book of the Month is you get the books really cheap. I mean, you said it was a cool cover, and I know not to hate, like this doesn't affect the story, but my thought of it was like, man, all these books just all look like that. It's all just big-ass font and random picture. Well, this, Not necessarily all your books, <clears throat> but just the, of a certain genre, it seems Well, like. the chandelier is a big part of the story once you read it, so it's not just like a random piece of picture. I mean, like if you haven't read the book, it might look random, but the chandelier does connect to the plot. And some people online have compared Home Before Dark to The Haunting of Hill House, and I do see some connections there, but it's very much its own thing. Um, But ultimately, this guy, he's a writer. He and his wife move to this house. Um, I forget what they call it, Bainberry Hall. It's an old Victorian estate in in the Vermont woods. 
Um, they are only there for 20 days before they flee in the dead of night after the house's, um, the house like terrifies them. And he goes on to write this story called the house of horrors and he gets really rich and famous off of it. But his daughter, Maggie claims that none of it's real and that her father just made it all up so that he could sell a book. This is just the haunting of Hill house. Except the haunting of Hill house is a study of like, they invite like nine people what? I don't remember that. I'm just saying, they're, the kid write, grows up, writes a book about the house being haunted that he grew up in, and his siblings are like, you're making that up. I mean, The Haunting of Hill House, I thought, was the one with Ellen Page and the Red Door. It is. And one of her brothers on that is an author who writes a book, a novel that's very famous. Oh, well, that's not the main character, though. In, in, he kind of is. I mean, it's more of from Ellen Page's perspective. Though. I disagree because I dislike Ellen Page, I guess. And I, I guess. But anyway, well, when you were reading, I was like, oh, I completely see the similarities. Maybe, but it just seemed different to me. I don't know. But she goes back. She's actually not a writer. She herself is a real estate person and she wants to just fix up the house and sell it. So she doesn't believe that any of the things actually happen there. So her father was the one who wrote it, not the main character. And he's dead in the book. So he's not actually here at all. But it goes back and forth, I guess, to the 20 days that they spent and then her time fixing up the mansion. And then she's like freaked out the whole time she's there because it's might actually be haunted. I'm not going to tell you how it ends because that's the whole point of the book. Right. But um, it was OK. It was good. I wouldn't reread it. So oh, I don't know what I'll do with this one. Well, I think it'd be weird to reread any like mystery stuff, right? Because once it's given away. Or is there not? If it's like, really well done, maybe I would reread it. Like, just like the complexity would be like, oh, I got to go back and find all the clues and right. stuff. Yeah, I can see that. But I didn't think this one was worth a reread. But I would pass it along to somebody, so I'll probably re gift it or something. All right. And what was your next one? I really liked this one. It's called Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. And it is another. I would call it a gothic literature, gothic thriller, I would say. Um, I don't think I could do this one justice, but it's set in the 1950s in an isolated mansion in Mexico. Um, The main character, Noemi, um, receives a letter from her cousin who has recently been married, and she seems like she has gone crazy talking about ghosts and seeing like strange things in the walls. And so because she's concerned about her cousin, she goes to stay at the mansion. And when she gets there, she meets her new husband, who's actually an Englishman. And he is like, I would say very sinister and not very nice, very cold. And she can't believe that her cousin would fall for him. And the whole time she's there, she's just really creeped out. Um, and I can't, I mean, there's so much to this one that I really can't describe it, but, um, there's like an ancient curse. There's a lot of incest. (laughs) Um, there's a moment in here that feels very like triggering if you, 
have a thing like, you know, like rape scenes can be really hard to read. Like this book was definitely had some horror elements to it. So it's like a thriller. Yeah. Like a gothic thriller horror story. Um, it has some spooky graveyards. It has magic spells. Um, so yeah, it's a very interesting setting because it's set in Mexico, but the person, the Englishman, like has tried to create like an English retreat in the hills and it's he's isolated himself in this mansion but the house itself like makes people sick and like the family can't leave the house and if they do they go mad and kill themselves like it's it's very intense and i liked it a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah fine um if i have spent like a whole bunch of time reading a lot of gothic literature and this reminded me specifically of a short story called the yellow wallpaper which is a just in, another spooky story about like people going crazy i don't know had a lot of elements to that story which i liked a lot of comparisons it would make for a cool study cool so yeah mexican gothic i highly recommend it and i think it is a beautiful cover yeah it looks good all of these, I think, are cool covers. All right, so the next one I read very quickly, and I did read it completely on my own without the help of an audiobook. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I've been really busy, and I have to multitask. But this one was called Horrid by Katrina Leno. And this was my Owl Crate book for September, so I've had this one for a few weeks before I read it. Um. But it follows this girl and her mom. Their husband slash father has recently died and they can't afford to stay in California. So they have to move back to her mother's home in Maine where they have this inherited mansion. So you can see a theme with all of these books so far. Haunted houses. Yeah. Um. So another haunted house story. And she is... um trying to unlock the story of her mother's past basically there's this weird rose garden that is blooming in the middle of october when you know roses should be dead in maine like it's really cold there and so that, explains the cover yeah that it kind of explains the cover the Cover looks pretty cool for sure and i can't explain more about the roses because they definitely connect to the story but she just doesn't get the good vibes in this house it's just very strange and peculiar and there's this room. Oh, I'll show you one cool thing about this. You, those of you at home cannot see, <laughs> but my host can. There's an inside illustration on the j dust jacket. And so that is a picture of the house that she's in. It has like three gables up at top and it's a two-story house. And there's a room in the house that's locked and she keeps seeing like lights and shadows from the room and her mother's like, there's no way. So um, it's another story where it's like, is she mad and crazy or is there something really going on in the house? And it also has a lot of teen drama because it's a young adult book. The other two are adult fiction. This one's young adult fiction. And so it's like set part of the time at her high school so there's some drama there with friends and she also works at a cafe so there's a little bit of a romance with the boy there but it's a good story i didn't like the ending i will say I have some questions that weren't answered 
But overall, I really enjoyed probably 95% of my time reading this book. But the ending kind of, the ending took it from a five star to a four star. I understand. It happens. Yeah. Okay, so the next book I finished last night, it's called Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman. And this one's been around since like the early 2000s, so it's not a new one. And I have seen the movie. No, it's been out longer than that because the movie came out in 98. So, yeah, it looked like a 90s movie. So, I don't know exactly when the book came out. I'm sure it would say if I did looked in here real quick. Copyright 1995. Cool. Um, anyway, it's the story of two sisters who um, their mother and father died, so they have to go and live with their aunts. And their aunts are kind of like witches. But the movie was not anything like the book. Yeah, very quickly. I mean, I fell asleep, but very quickly you were like, and that's not in the book. And that's not. <laughs> yeah, it was the movie definitely has like its skeleton. Like it has the sisters and it has the aunts and then it has the daughters in the future. So it has all the same characters, but their personalities are different. The storyline is different. Um, Very different things. But I liked them both independently on their own. I guess... Growing up, I really liked Practical Magic. I don't know if it necessarily holds to today. I You you would call it campy, I guess. Yeah, I'd say. But here's um, the description. It says, for more than 200 years, the Owens women have been blamed for everything that has gone wrong in their Massachusetts town. Jillian and Sally have endured that fate as well. As children, the sisters were forever outsiders, taunted, talked about, pointed at. Their elderly aunts almost seemed to encourage the whispers of witchery with their musty house and their exotic uh, concoctions and their crowd of black cats. But all Jillian and Sally wanted was to escape. One will do so by marrying, the other will do so by running away. But the bonds they share will bring them back almost as if by magic. So that's the dust jacket description. And it's like, yeah, a sister story, coming of age. Basically frozen before frozen. In a way. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't watch it. I said I fell asleep pretty quick last night. And then the last book I'm still working on. I'm not finished with it. So I guess I've read 4.5 books this month. And this one is called How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. Ibram? Ibram? I don't know. It's like Abram, but an I instead of an A. Was he from Africa? No, he's American. Hmm. He's never seen Ibram. Well. Anyway. He changed his name legally at some point. I don't remember what his first name really was growing up. But anyway. This is one that was delivered to me in a book box subscription, um, the Ally Box from Fulton Street, um, which is a bookstore, a black-owned bookstore in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So if you are interested in supporting black-owned bookstores, check out FultonStreet918.com. They have a great selection, 
and they are a really cool business in Tulsa. But anyway, this book came last month or the month before last, and it just has different chapters. And at first I thought it was literally going to be like a how-to guide, but it's really more of a memoir and his personal um, experiences and how he's learned to to try to not be an anti-racist because he has had moments in his life where he was. And um, he is a black man growing up in America and it's um, he was very much aware of his race growing up and how he was treated because of it and he had some prejudices against white people that he's had to overcome and even some prejudices against other black people so it's just his personal story and how he has had to re-examine his thinkings over time so it's a very honest look at his own racism and experiences and trying to teach other people to do the same I would say so it was. It's really good. I'm not finished with it. Um, the chapter I'm on is chapter 14, gender racism. So we'll see what that's about. But basically, just trying to undo your thinking, right? I would say. So that well, one's cool. been interesting, and, and and it's definitely not an easy read. So you have to be in the right mindset to sit down with and like focus on what's going on. Right. Well, it's kind of like uh, I listened to the podcast the daily and they had this two part thing about Breonna Taylor. It was like, it took me forever to listen to that. Cause I was like, I thought if I want to just be sad and pissed or whatever, you know? So like, it took me a while to like actually be like, all right, I guess I'll sit here and listen to this one. Yeah. So I, that's the only way I have something close thought wise with its podcast. I will say so far, the most interesting chapter has been the, the, he has a chapter on color and then he breaks it down to a chapter on black and a chapter on white. And in the chapter on black, he talks about his time at a historical black college. And, you know, there's definitely two schools of thoughts on, you know, just even black universities, but, um, you know, he was, just talking a lot about his college experiences was, I think, probably the most interesting chapter so far. Because I guess that was when he had a lot of his awakening moments himself. Right. Um, but, well, cool. Yeah. So that's a New York Times bestseller. It's won some awards. So, oh, and it's the same author stamped from the beginning. That one was pretty popular this summer as well. Hell yeah. Well, how many, do you know how many more books you're reading? Uh, if I'm going to stay on track, I'm supposed to read like... What are you at right now? 51. And your goal is 65? Yeah, so like 14 more so books. So you got to do seven a month? All right. I think you can do it. I don't think I can. I think I'll be at least Come on. four books short. You need to be positive. Hmm. You're going to have to just commit. Or not. I mean, it doesn't matter. I need to read Do some 60. children's books. I mean, you should at least be able to get to 60. I know 65 was your goal, but you can't hit like 55 and give up. You got to at least hit 60. Last year, my goal was 60, and I really didn't think I was going to meet it. So I really don't know if I'll meet 60 this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, good I luck. was already thinking for next year, I'm going to accept the bar low. 
I think 60 we've learned is your is the perfect bar for you. I think you should set at 60 until that's easy. My goal is to eventually get up to a 100, but man, I don't know if I'll ever do that. Listen to more audiobooks. Shorter books. And for the record, I don't judge anyone who listens to audiobooks. He judges me hardcore. No, I do not. Your book community has an argument and a debate about it, so you think about it more than most. I don't really care. I listen to the Game of Thrones books after I read them, and I thought it was great. A great experience, except the guy on the fourth book is different than the guy on the other other four. And I'm like, well, this is so stupid. Also, yesterday, because today is the day after Halloween, we're recording this, was the fifth year anniversary from the due date of Winds of Winter from George R. R. Martin's sixth Game of Thrones book, where he said that was the day he wouldn't. If he not, he someone could throw him in jail and they could do all this shit. And he just, it's never gonna. He's just never gonna finish the books, and or he's uh um doing them all like you know the however many, and he's and like he young put them out once. whenever I <clears throat> die or whatever. I don't know. I just I have no hope that the series that got me into reading is ever going to be finished. It's yeah, very sad. It is very sad, but you have a couple books you need to read. The Book of Basketball has been sitting by your chair for a solid a month. month now. Yeah, yeah. Um, far have you gotten in it? I'm on page one. Nice. That's where I'm at. I just think it's funny because he gave me all this crap about needing a lamp, and then we got a lamp. Hasn't picked up his book yet. Not yet. I said yet. It'll happen someday, maybe. I just gotta. I honestly I haven't been motivated. I would say you're not going to once you get your PS5. So yeah, got at least thirteen days to read. That book's just so big next to me, my God. So you picked the wrong one to start with. I think so. Um, all right, I don't think I have anything else. I know we're gonna cook some steaks tonight, so that's what I'm excited about at the moment. And I have more work to do. Yay! Good luck. Thanks for having me. Peace.
next beats.